Okay, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, back row, can you hear me okay? Yeah. I've had to adjust the sound. I've had nothing but issues with my guitar and the sound system for the last three months. Uh, I tend to not tell you about those issues that I'm dealing with, but uh, that's one of them. If you can't hear me, you need to tell me. If you can't hear me, if I remember too loud up here too, tell me. I have a monitor here, here, and here. So I want to I make it comfortable for everybody, okay? There was a person who came a while back and the person said they couldn't hear us and I don't want that to happen. Same with you online. If ever the audio is screwy or something, and welcome by the way, let us know, okay? Um, it's impossible to know all things unless people tell us. So here we go. All right, today, I need to focus. I had a really good time yesterday at a little, little person's birthday party. <laughs> Hosanna turned four, or turns four. That's Wonder Woman to all of you no, no, normal people. Um, but what I, what I also got was a good perspective of, of some folks who listen to the messages online um, pretty regularly. And it's, it's become a thing. So, so here's, here's what that does to me. Um, number one, if you listen online, we love you. You're, you're extended family. Uh, it's, it's refreshing when people can say that they're learning and growing through this group of people here, okay? Uh, we do value you very much. Now, what that does to me as well is it makes me remember that even though we're going to look at a familiar story today, there are going to be people watching here maybe who don't know the story. So that forces me to slow down a little bit and fill in the gaps, okay? And I think that Jesus wanted to be understood. That's why he spoke the language of the people, right? He didn't lord it over you. You, he wanted you to have the scriptures. He didn't keep it from you. Get what I'm saying? Get what I'm alluding to? Not control. Anyway, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to step into a familiar story about folks named Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, and Daniel, okay? But we're going to do what we do. We're going to let the Holy Spirit speak today, whatever he wants to say. I want to give you some backstory, though. I want to say this. Nebuchadnezzar was the ruler. And much like most of the rulers at the time... Alexander the Great, other people like this, right? They, they wanted to conquer the entire world, right? Ever notice that God never let it happen in history? Ever notice that? You ever open up Revelation and see that someone will conquer the world at the appointed time? Mike, you got that one? When the restrainer stopped restraining? I'll give you something for everybody today, I promise, okay? Well, Nebuchadnezzar, um, he pretty much does it. He's the ruler of Babylon, and he ruled between 605 B.C. and 562 B.C. But listen to what they would do. They would conquer and then and enslave, but then they would go and they'd get the best of the culture, bring them in and indoctrinate them, their culture, okay? And so what we see is he'd go to like Princeton, Harvard, Yale, or whatever, and he'd get the best and brightest. They'd come in to be around him and they would serve him directly. Now that does a few things, guys. I mean, that's just, that's just what happened, okay? It's really smart. But if you think about it today, because we'll look at it through today, if you want to, want to look at it, this actually speaks a little bit about immigration, honestly. Like, I don't, I don't speak politically up here, but it's just interesting how if ever people feel that a powerful nation should open its borders completely, here's the problem. If you can't take every single person, then the worst thing you can do is take their best and brightest away from them. If they could get to there and do what needs doing, that they're your best and brightest and you just left that place with no one to help them up. So either you take them all or doggone it, stop taking their best and brightest because they have no hope of raising themselves. This was, so I don't care where you stand politically. That's just, that's just from people who study this stuff, Mike, and say that. 
And go figure, one of the conquering ways of an enemy was to take your best advice and say, yeah, 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 come to me. It keeps you down. Get it? So some of those folks, so this is not a fairy tale story. No, 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 Nebuchadnezzar was not trying to do them favors. He was trying to destroy the Hebrew culture. So he pulls Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and Daniel, and brings them to himself. <clears throat> and says this. Um, you know them as Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, of course. And things are moving along. He, they come into the, the, the king's court. They come in to serve and, 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 and all this sort of stuff. Things are moving on, and all of a sudden, we encounter this story here. We're by no means getting through the whole thing today. We're just going to see what the Holy Spirit speaks. He says, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. And he set it up in the plain of Dura and the prince of ba Providence of Babylon. Providence, I can't see. There we go. Let's do two more, Brian. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, bagpipes, whatever, then you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. Now again, some of us don't know this story. So things are going well, and all of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar is on his own little thing. If you want to look in uh, Daniel 2, you'll see Nebuchadnezzar and God are in a bit of a, bit of a, I don't want to say a, a boxing match. And so he's got his own stuff he's working out, Mike. And, and I could talk a little bit more about how God gets a hold of Nebuchadnezzar, but anyway. Um, he puts this thing up and says, anybody who won't worship this idol, who won't worship me, essentially, I'm going to throw you into this, this furnace. These are the furnaces they were using to bake uh, clay into bricks. They were really hot. I wish I could tell you the temperature. I could, but I forgot it and didn't write it down. But So all of a sudden what happens is this. Um, Daniel is out of the story for now. That's a whole other thing where Daniel was, by the way. We could do that, but we won't. Um, and they say this. Immediately, the magicians, the astrologers of the Babylons, immediately go to Nebuchadnezzar and say, hey, the Hebrews aren't going to do this. They won't do that. They're not doing it. Immediately. It doesn't even say in the Bible that they didn't do it. It just immediately they get knocked down. Okay? <laughs> Little tattletales. So um, let's go back to the story and see what happens. I don't know how many slides there are there. Just till the story ends. Okay? Let's see. There are some Jews you've settled the affairs. These are the snitches. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they'll pay no attention to you, king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you set up. Furious, Nebuchadnezzar summoned them. They were brought before the king. He says, is it true, you guys, that you don't serve my gods or worship the image of gold I've set up? When you hear it, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you don't, you'll be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then what god will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from this. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. The furnace is often the focus of the story. But I'm going to, for today... That's not the focus for me so much. I personally have chosen to follow Jesus. I have said that he is who he says he is, and he'll do everything he said he'll do for me in my life. That's faith, by the way. Listening online or here, that's it. That's faith. Um, and with that, every day I'm yielding more and more of my life to him. And that's, that's, yeah, that's what I'm doing, okay? I'm trying. And what I mean is this. I learn what he says. I speak with him. I speak about him. I read his letter, the Bible. Okay, And when the me rubs against what I've learned he wants or teaches or is leading, that's when I yield. Right? Guys, you guys understand this. 
okay? There's a truth we all must accept before we can move in any direction. We're all yielding to something. That's what we need to understand. And you can take it on the, ma the macro, what it's, whether it's Christ Jesus or not, but we're all yielding parts of our lives against something. We're all yielding. And that's the thing, our society doesn't understand that. They think that they're their own God, that they're doing their own thing, but no. The truth is, if you're, you're yielding somewhere, and in my opinion, before I chose to accept Christ Jesus, I was just yielding the flow of every, everything else, okay? I was the flow, the, the, the flow of things around me, my friends, my family, my culture, just drifting along, getting what I've always gotten, getting what my family has laid up for me or whatever. Now some, this has to do with this story, and I mean very few. The older I get, the, the more and more I realize very, very few people yield their lives in a different direction and choose to do it against Christ Jesus. Have you noticed that? Notice when you're growing up you think everybody, or, or more people. Joe, does that make any sense at all? You think, oh, in fact, studies will tell you this. Um, if the world were 100 people, something like 65 of them would be Christian. What? No, I mean, Christian as in Christ following, like yielding every day? Oh, no, no, not that. Just professing Christ. Now, I'm talking about this. I'm talking about actually yielding decisions in my life. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego type stuff. My finances, my parenting, whatever it may be, yielding that every day. And then I realized that narrow is the path that leads to life, and very few find it. Am I making any sense? It's a sobering reality, and also, if you're one of them, well done, and keep going. So often we get stuck on what we're not, and what we're still struggling with. But guys, you're doing it, man. You're here. You're listening. Right now, you could be doing a hundred things. YouTube's got way funnier videos and better looking dudes than me. Go watch YouTube. Oh, wait. There's a hunger inside of me spiritually that I'm going to yield to. Good job. Keep going. And you're going to stumble. You're going to fall. Cool. But yield more and more of yourself. And guys, try to enjoy the ride as best you can. Fiery furnaces are all around us. We overcome. But anyway, so here. I want to say this. I'll tell you a practical story of yielding. <clears throat> and uh, again, there's a lot more in this. We're just getting started. That was all my preamble for history. So here's my story of yielding. I have to tell you stories where I get things wrong. <laughs> I'm going to tell you one where I didn't do so bad. Melanie was in the car. We went to the nature center up in, in Tupper Lake. I'd never been there before. Nice place. Yeah, pretty nice. A little pricey. I'm not going to lie to you. A little, little pricey. Nice drive. If you went up 56 and 3, it's a really beautiful drive, especially as you get a little closer. You can see the mountains, and there's not a lot of nice lakes and stuff. And the kids had a blast. They really designed it well for kids. Our kids are 3 and 5. If you have any questions, they, they enjoyed it, didn't they? We had to drag them. They're lucky they didn't kick and scream, but they wanted to. They did not want to leave. We're like, bro, people go home. You can't live here, okay? It's like 5 o'clock. Let's go. So on the way home, and it was a good day. All was well. We stopped at this diner. It was cool. I'm driving home in my Tacoma, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm moving along. I want to get home, you know, but I'm doing it safely. And you know how the Tupper Lake roads can be, right? Here and there. And again, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sissy. <laughs> I was driving. But this yellow, or excuse me, this red SUV decided to let me know that they thought I should go faster. I looked down, I'm doing like 58. And on those roads, be cautious, you know, don't be stupid, you know, when I got my kids in the back. And, and they're just on me, man, and they're on me. So I start breathing in, and, and literally I was like, Lord, I just, you know, and she, she might be, have been talking, and I kind of wasn't listening anymore, so I was like, mm. and I noticed my knuckles were white. And I'm not a really passive guy, like, a lot of knee-jerk responses. It's always flight for me, not flight, okay? But I'm like, <laughs> and I feel my breathing go up. I mean, we're going around curves, and they're on them. Well, this one curve, I felt like just a, 
a little out of control. Not out of control, like, uh, but like, you ever do that, guys? Like, oh, I gotta, I gotta peel back three miles an hour, let's say, and then I got full control. Well, that made me mad. It's <laughs> like, oh. So I'm looking for dots, and I said something to her so she could keep me in check. Not that I snap and blow up, I don't. I actually don't have that personality, believe it or not. And I'm just like, and there's no dots. I'm like, come on, dots, let this guy, person pass. Well, at this point, I can see this person's facial details in my rear view really, really well. I'm like, oh, and there's, there's the culprit. So I'm going like this, right? And finally, I get to dots. And so what do I do? I had a lot of different options, but here's what I did. Put on the blinker, pulled over, rolled the window down, and said, okay, because they didn't get it at first. They're just like, oh, what is he doing? Which also, I don't trust your driving if you're in, <laughs> Indecisiveness is what kills. You can make bad moves, but you just got to go for it. You can't be half in, half out, right? I'm like this. And she's like, and so oh, they get around, and I was like, oh, and immediately the weight lifted. I was like, okay, 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 right? That was the smart thing to do of all the different options. And what did Melanie say? Oh, I wrote this down. And uh, she, she laughed, and I was just like this, and I said, the fact that I did not flip that person off as I waved them around is evidence of Jesus Christ in my heart. Yeah, I didn't laugh when she laughed. She laughed, I didn't laugh. I don't know what's funny about that. That's an absolute true statement. Because here's what I was going to do. Flip and wave. Flip and wave. That's what I was going to do. Like in my mind's eye, what we're going to do next, mind to body, that's what was going to happen. And it wasn't a wave. It was a wave like this. So it was going to be high wave, high wave. And just as I was about to do that, there came this moment where, oh, I was committed to it too. I was in it. <laughs> I was in it. And just as I was about to roll the window down, I feel like Holy Spirit gave me another choice. That's what I'm talking about, yielding. And in that moment, my other choice was, well, remember we talked about this before. <laughs> if I'm representing Christ Jesus, which we are, we're his kids. Would I ever see Jesus flipping someone off on a Tacoma? <laughs> no, you laugh, because no, it's absurd. So in that moment, Holy Spirit gave me another choice, and I yielded to it. Joe, life carried on, right? There you go. That's a story of, of yielding, okay? And I want to start at a point that I made um, about this, Okay. Oh, okay, the second choice. The second choice was this. Not my reaction, but respond out of the reaction of who God made me to be, okay? So I want to start right there. I respond out of who God is making me to be or who I'm becoming. And I want to show you something interesting about our pals Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. We'll go back to our, where, our first, where our pals first arrived in the King's program. Here's where I'm going to get rolling and start making practical, okay? Two slides. King assigned these guys, all the best and brightest, a daily amount of food and wine, they were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Remember, this is the beginning of the story. Among these were from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those are our pals, right? The chief official gave them new names to Daniel, Belteshazzar. Han Hananiah became Shadrach, Mishael became Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Those aren't their names. Now, here's where I'm starting to preach a little bit and stop teaching for a moment. I want to tell you this. The name Hananiah, you know what it means? The biblical name means this, grace, mercy, gift of God. And the Babylonians saw that and said, we can't have that. So they turned it to Shadrach, which means command of Aku. Aku is the name of the Babylonian god of the moon. So what does he do? He changes his identity, didn't he? The second person, Mishael, means this, who is like God. It's the root of Michael. Michael means who is like God or who can be like God. Now, Mishael turns to this. It turns into who is what Aku is. Stripping him of his, his identity. Azariah means Yahweh has helped. And it turns into slave of the god Nabu. Step one is this, and this is no small thing. 
One of the first things they do to destroy and take the power away is this, a name change. Why? For one thing, it attacks your identity. It gets them to, tries to get them to forget who they are and how beloved they are by their God and their Father, the one true God. Can you imagine every day? Well, Lyle, think about it. The names nowadays are like, oh, Lyle's a nice name, let's say. Or aging means nothing, obviously, right? But back in the day, when you would say a word, it would have a picture behind it. Can you imagine every day someone said, Mishael, who is like God? Mishael, pick up your food. Who is like God? Go do this. Every day you'd be reminded. Or how about the Yahweh has, Yahweh has helped, Yahweh has saved? That's essentially, I'll praise you in the storm in a name. Yahweh has helped, you help again. He's helped, you help again. But they take that away. Now every day you get this. Buddha is good. Buddha is good, change your... Doesn't it change everything? It takes your truth and your power out of who you are. And this is no small thing. You think it's a little thing? It's a, it's a monstrous thing. Number one, is, number one right here is this. We're at, a, at the furnace of our story, don't forget. It's not hypothetical, but long before they're threatened for death, with death for serving their God, the attack is waged. And I would even say it's more powerful. Okay? It's, it's honestly because who are, okay, who we're choosing, choosing to yield and live our life of service to God and power and overcoming grace. Imagine if all of a sudden your identity is attacked. It takes the power right away from you, doesn't it? Before the big trials of life, in the mundane, the enemy's working this angle on you and me constantly. Let's look at Luke. I want to prove this to you. In the temptation of Christ, what's the first thing Satan himself says to Jesus? He says, If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus says, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. Other, other version says, but on uh, all the words that come from the thing. Want to hear something weird about this, guys? What was the temptation here? I'm just going to touch this for a second. Was it a temptation to feed himself? Is there anything wrong with feeding yourselves? Like, you ever thought about this? Gordon, you can help me out, right? You'll pay attention. Yeah, feeding yourself? Okay, how about this? Was it manipulating nature? Because I think he turns water to wine later, doesn't he? And walks on water as though it were a solid. So what's the temptation here, Lyle? What do you think? F feed yourself? Right, right. I mean, really. Some people would say this. I'll give you all the angles. Some people would say it was lawlessness. Because where there is no law, okay, what God has not forbidden doesn't necessarily mean that it's okay because he, he has to allow it. So, so what some scholars will tell you is it's, it's lawlessness. If Jesus had done this, though there were no law against it, there were no permission for it either. That's muddy water, don't you think? They're, I'm not saying they're wrong. They're smarter than I am. But what I see is this. Why would he say if? Because here's the thing. Next slide, please. Here's the weird part. Everywhere Jesus ran, went, the spiritual realm knew who he was. Watch this. When he arrived at the other side, read, read, two demon-possessed men, two, 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 they were so violent no one could pass through. What do you want with us, son of God? Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Just before John wrote Revelation. Can you imagine what they would have thought about that, Lyle? That there's a time, there's Tartarus, there's the Abuso, there's... Okay, ready? Everywhere Jesus went, the spiritual realm recognized him immediately. Creator God's here. What are you doing here, Creator God, dressed up like that? Rewind. Lucifer was called perfect in wisdom and beauty, wasn't he? He was. Just take my word for it, folks. But he didn't know? 
if you're the Son of God? So maybe the temptation was, who are you really? You put on that flesh creator. Do you remember who you are? Do you get it? The first temptation is to attack who you are. Oh, isn't that good? Especially when you think of this, ready? Through all, okay, all things were made through the hands of Christ Jesus, right? Book of John. Without him, nothing was made that had been made. Who made Lucifer? The one standing in front of him. Do you see the absurdity of the scene? There was a time when Lucifer opened his eyes and saw Jesus there with his hands. Hi, I just created you. I am creator. Get it? And yet, if you're the son of God, command. So it cannot be simply, feed yourself, break a law, can it? Does creator still know he's creator God and all powerful? The first attack the enemy has on you is, do you know that you're this child of God? And you have the same power who raised Christ from the dead. Well, AJ, you talk about this all the time. I know. Because it's the one thing that when we get in that office, we always end up having to repair. It always leads off. Can I get an amen here, a head nod? If you forget or let go of for a second who you are, how beloved and accepted you are, you will spin out. And the enemy will have a field day. This happens all the time. And religion is so good at this, isn't it? You're good today, bad tomorrow. You're good because you did this, bad because you did that. That's, that's not it, man. Identity faith is this. For those who believe on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. What a difference when your furnace is waiting for you. We're still in the story, guys. We're just picking around. Can you imagine? Terry, you follow me on this one? What a difference when you're, when you're looking at the furnace in your life, eminent death for serving your God, wouldn't it make a difference when, when, whether you're full of, of who, God's love and, and blessing and sure? Or, geez, I don't know if he's okay with me today, but i got to face that furnace. i got to praise in the storm. Your identity and who you are is the bedrock that God wants you to solidify in him. He does not want anyone changing your name. Ever let anyone change in your name. So we'll go back to the three pals. First thing that happened is the name change. First, the name change, of course. And again, religion does this crazy. During the hardships, we don't let go. Before the furnace, we don't let go. Now, I think of Bruce, who, who is, it's out of my mind because he's one of my closest friends. You know, Bruce has got a trial he's in right now. And there's a real temptation to, to fear and worry and let the enemy grow in his mind. Or at least it would be for me, okay? But I'm going to show you two different postures. Take this with you. The enemy says this in your storms. He says, who are you to think that God's with you? That he cares? That he would get you through this? And then, then his little pet fear. Fear is this little pet. But fear is actually like what we have under there. I know you can't see it. I wish I could. Fear is just an amplifier. Do you know that? Um, at the Wild Center, they had these big like PVC ears that turned into these cones. What a difference. You could hear like a bat. It was amazing. Like you could, right, Every little thing. That's all fear is. Fear looks huge because fear is a magnifying glass. Fear is an amplifier. Uh, or, um, yeah, it's true. Fear is just an amplifier. They say this. Yeah, Bruce. What's going to happen when things go south? God's not going to come through for you on this one. That's all it is. It's an amplifier. Amplify those thoughts till they get so big and so loud you can no longer see the light. Right? Ready for this? All of a sudden, faith walks in. Real faith, identity faith, walks in and goes, Hey, aren't you Bruce? God's boy? Here, you're going through some stuff. Right? He would look, let's say, let's say, uh, Brenda. Hey, aren't you Brenda? You're God's little girl. I thought I recognized you. Man, 
man, he just gushes about you all the time. He goes on and on about you. So what's going on? Then your posture completely changed from... You're Bruce's boy, man. Oh, you guys have been through so much. God told me the story about this, 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 this. That's right. I'm God's, I'm God's little boy. You getting this, Catherine? Big difference? It amplifies the truth, doesn't it? Your identity is your own amplifier. And identifies the, it amplifies the truth and insulates you from fear and doubt and worry. That's, I love that. I wish I could get this. I wish we, I, honestly. I don't have this. I don't at all. What's on your mind? Huh? You bristles. You guys look a little boy. He loves you. Let me give you some practical advice. When facing a challenge, a question, a fear, or whatever, always go back and check out if you need to firm up who you are. This came to me, and I, I got to tell you, this will be my Monday morning. For the next thing, okay, whether it's an addiction or something like that, I got to look at who I think I am. Because the word says I'm more than a conqueror. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. If I get that, then I can face down this giant, right? That's my origin of my problem right there. That's the lie I've chosen to believe. I'll give you something real quick. A guy named Carlos Whitaker wrote an awesome book I'm just finishing up, and it's called Kill the Spider. One day a preacher was up here, and he was doing tent revival. And um, this woman came up and says, Oh, Pastor, will you pray for me? I have so many cobwebs in my house. Will you ask God to clean the cobwebs from my house? And he's like, Sure, okay, no problem. You know, you get some weird requests. Father, you know, clean the cobwebs. The next day, of course, because it was like a five-night tent revival, she comes back, and she's like, oh, maybe she's going to tell me that God cleaned the cobwebs. Gets up, oh, no, Pastor God. He's like, oh, man. She's like, please, have a, I can't keep up with the cobwebs, you know? And he says, all right, Father, will you clean the cobwebs in her house? Third time, he, she comes up, and he's like, no, we're not, no. <laughs> Come here. And she's like, will you ask him? To, he goes, no, we know what we're going to do. We're going to ask him to kill the spider. Just make sure everyone understands it. And you become kind of, you know, get it? You know, what the, you know what spiders are in our lives? Lies we've chosen to believe. Cobwebs are things we do to self-medicate and uh, uh, back up those lies. But the spider is lies we're living our lives around. And I got news for you. Nine times out of ten in my life in counseling, it has to do with who you are. Lies you believed about you are the spider. And that behavior that you hate about yourself is just the cobweb. And as Christians, we get so good at running around cleaning cobwebs. Not more than two beers. Don't watch this. Don't do this, this. But the origin of all that is actually here. You can clean cobwebs all your life. You wonder why you're still on that hamster wheel. Find your spider and kill it. Good or what? I don't need you to say it. I know it's good. <laughs> because I'm going through it in my life. I've got spiders that have been so busy cleaning cobwebs, wondering why they keep coming back. Spiders are lies that we believe about ourselves, God, or other people. And the cobwebs are things we do to fortify that lie, to medicate, to, to serve the lie. Well, it's a good thing Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego didn't believe that they served Raku, Aku, whoever, whatever nut job they had been invented. So the boys have a choice. Do they worship the statue or defy the earthly king under heavy threat? We're not going to get through this whole thing. I feel like if I did, it wouldn't be right, okay? But I see something here. I want the Holy Spirit to speak about this, if, if he's willing. When we talk about yielding our lives piece by piece to the Lord Jesus Christ, what we see is a, a portrait of today. We see God's kids having to live among a counter system. We see the heaven-born living among the earth-born. Or in church, we'd say this. This is what we'd say in church. Us or the world. That's what we say. Get it? Don't, don't we say that? 
But it's true, no, because here's the thing. You gotta understand something. You, 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 you don't belong here anymore. And if you've chosen to receive Holy Spirit inside of you, understand this. He lives where he lives. You no longer are the earthborn. You're just passing through. And you will read the Bible completely differently, especially when you get to Revelation and realize the earthborn, right? The earthborn are this, we're the heavenborn. But guess what? We're here, aren't we? And so there are two postures that we can err on that we see Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego not doing. They're actually giving us a perfect example of how to live in today's world. Number one, the, the threat, and I want to quote Levi Lusco here for this next portion. He did a really good job on this. Is, is this. Um, number one, um, we cannot escape the world. We cannot hide from it. The first temptation that we have if you start to believe in Christ Jesus is this, separation. To go build a bunker, to live in a bubble. It's true. That's the first temptation. We get this temptation where we're like, you know, they do things and see things so differently and we want to separate ourselves. But the problem with this is this. We're to be the light of the world. We have something for the world. The church, listen, the church is not for you. Do you know that? The church is for the lost world. This is not a country club you get to come and sit and be comfortable. It's not that at all. The church is for the, the lost, for us to mobilize and to go fulfill the Great Commission. Am I wrong? I mean, then, can anybody lay out an argument against that? To go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, securing their eternity. That's what the church is. So we can't do that if we separate. Nobody's coming at you guys. We're all in different areas about this. The second one is this. Uh, we, the second temptation is this, to imitate it. To say, no big deal. You know, to, to, to value what everybody else values uh, for our families, for our kids, for our government, for our schools. And desire what everybody else desires. That's the other temptation. But make no mistake, guys. You can fall off either side, but you still get wet. Do you understand that? That's a Bruce metaphor, wasn't it? <laughs> I think I may have ripped that one off from you. The problem with imitating is this. We become so much like the world that we have nothing to offer it anymore. These boys didn't err on either side, did they? Instead, they did the third option, which is this. Infiltrate. Be in it without being of it, so you can give something to it. Infiltrate. We don't see them freaking out about everything. We don't see them saying, hey, look at me, I stand for this, I stand for that. We don't see them taking a knee and trying to blend in. We see them walking, walking out their faiths. Not talking, but walking. And let me, let me side tangent and then we'll get out of here. As we're, this was just us gleaning some wisdom out of the Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego story. How many times did you hear Jesus shout? Only a couple, right? Lazarus come forth. He may have had to raise his voice a little bit because of where he was going. Um, you den of thieves, get out of here. You've made it a den of robbers. There was a shout. Elahi, Elahi, lama sabatani. When he said that, my God, why have you forsaken me? Shouting. But did he ever shout against people who were sinful? Which is everybody he encountered. Peter! Right? I thought this woman! Did it happen? How many times did you see exclamation points? Do you know what he did do? This is good. And by the way, we're all going to get hit by this. This is not a popular message because Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego are showing us the example we're supposed to follow essentially perfectly. And guess what? We're never going to do that. We're human beings. However, one thing I see Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they didn't do this. You're all wrong, you sinners. Aku's not real. Pick it, pick it, pick. Do you see it? No, they actually kept their mouths shut. But what did they do? They also didn't join in and go, Aku's awesome, Aku's awesome, or whatever was happening at the time. But you know what they did do? They shut their mouths and they walked, didn't they? 
You ever look back and regret when you ran your mouth a little bit? Shouting at the world around you? Kind of diminished your witness for Christ who actually didn't shout and yell. And... But I also have regrets where I just decided to fit in. <laughs> Instead, just walk. Just walk. How about you be more vocal about what you're for, the values of Christ, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc., than what you're against. There you go. Take that with you. And like me less today. That's cool. That's fine. I see in your faces. <laughs> Just walk. Just walk. I'll give you an example about this real quickly. And this is another example where I did something okay. Just forgive me, okay? I tell you a lot of the ones where I, I screw it up. And actually, I didn't do this every day, so I didn't do this that well. I worked at a bank. I know Amy's not here, but working in the bank, bank world is evil. <laughs> people get really weird about their money. Did you know that? Did you know people will fight you over their money? I was so surprised. And they get so ugly. <laughs> they do, okay? Um, but you know what also makes banking ugly? Amy, I wish you were here. Is this. You also got the corporate world pushing on you to push your products on other people. And for morality's sake, you're like, I don't want to do that. They're like, don't you want to stay and call people when they're eating dinner? No, I don't. When they don't need a savings account, it's going to hurt them in the long run. But, well, we got a lot, a lot of pressure before I got out. They would be like, did you get your 55 referrals in this week? What does that mean? Well, it means that you look at someone's profile, get in their business, and, and see a product you can push on them and tell them they need. I thought we were here to take care of their banking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one cares about that. Sell them stuff. Well, so here's the problem, though. If you don't sell them stuff, you could get fired. And if your bank doesn't keep up its quota, then they get in trouble and we miss incentives. Do you understand what I'm saying? So our branch managers go from hospitality-type people to slave drivers because their numbers are low. Well, I kept, all of a sudden, I was doing the best I could. I was doing the best I could, okay? Uh, I'm not comfortable selling. But um, I fell behind on my referrals. So I started to get in trouble. AJ, you got to get your referrals up, AJ. And then what happened is my manager started to, I won't tell you which one, of course, my manager started to give me referrals. Say, here, put those in. What? Put those in as though you referred them. The referrals, we put them in the system, but put them in, it'll get your numbers up. And that's the moment where you're like, oh, what? I can't just, uh, you get what I'm saying? There's no problem, nobody's gonna get hurt, but it's a lie. I didn't refer that product to these people. Now there's a moment where you're like, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, right? It's not a blazing furnace, but it's called compromise. And let's be honest for a second, the easiest thing to do would just be put in the doggone referral. It'll make her happy, or, or him. They'll, everybody will look better, they'll like you more. But then I read this thing, remember talking about yielding, where there's six things God doesn't like and seven things God hates out of Proverbs, and one of them's a lying, lying tongue or lying lips. Uh, Nothing in me wants to just take a stand. So I had to go over to my person and say, I can't, I can't put these in. <laughs> I wasn't mister. I can't, put, I can't put these in. And they're like, why? No, put them in. I'm like, I didn't refer them, guys. Nobody cares, blah, 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 and the whole reason. I'm like, but guys, listen, I can't do that, okay? I didn't yell at them that you're sinful for lying. I'm gonna call HR, right? But this, isn't this what yielding is? A private moment? Maybe where no one would have cared? But don't they say integrity is what you do when no one's looking? I'm not saying I'm the best at this, dude, because maybe there were days, I think, as I was recalling, Joe, I think there were actually days where I did put a few of them in. I don't know. 
I, I know I didn't feel all great about it. It made me sick to my stomach, in fact. And you know what happened? I was honest, and they noticed, and I got this. No, not at all. <laughs> no, it was just crappy for a few weeks, months. That was all. And I actually ended up getting split from my... They didn't like me as much anymore at work. And it made my job a lot harder, in fact. And that was it. I didn't get any bonuses. I nope. No, was not rewarded for that by in the slightest bit. But do you really think that you face the furnace? You're just ready to face furnaces? You think you're going to be ready to die for your faith when we're not willing to live for our faith in the little things? No one's coming at you. All right, I'll do this really quickly and then we'll get out of here. I could have showed you a time when Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were offered food that broke their faith. And they said, we can't do it. <laughs> we can't do it. How about this? Is there any way we can? Through integrity, they said, why don't you feed us food that's okay for us? And then we'll see how it all turns out. They didn't shout at the guy, call him a heathen, tell him he was wrong. But they stuck to integrity. Do you really think you're ready for the furnace if you can't keep integrity over food? Do you get what I'm trying to say? What we see here is Meshach, Meshach Shadrach, and Abednego preparing for the furnace in the downtime. In the time where they chose to yield to that Holy Spirit, giving them that extra choice. Time and time and time again. Then they become heroes of the faith, don't they? So that's it, guys. Let me just recap right here. That's part one, maybe, of the story, us looking at this. We didn't get that far, did we, Lyle? <laughs> we tend to do that, don't we? Number one is this. You can yield. And in fact, you are yielding to something. Ask yourself this week, what are you yielding to? Pressures of your family, relationships, the way the world always does things, music, pop culture. Somebody, there's a, there's a, there's a channel that you're following, a current that you're following. For other people, again, they're choosing to make that Christ Jesus and his teachings. Number two is this. Who you are is a spot of constant attack and a spot of, of either great life or great death in your life. Okay? Get, get, it, get it solidified for the next battle. Secure it, who you are in God. If you're not familiar with the Bible, really just type in and say, who does the Bible say I am? That's what I would do. Then number three, walk it out. You're not to isolate, imitate, but you're to infiltrate. Hey, look at that. Yeah, alliteration, bro. See that? We're to be light and salt to the earth. Not with our mouth, but with our feet. So let's pray together before we sing. Father, help us to do this, Lord. We long, Lord God, to put ourselves aside, uh, to be part of what you're doing in this world. A lot of us come to get with questions and hurts. And we know, Father, sometimes it costs us stuff to follow you. We know that. But give us the courage and strength by your power inside of us. Help us to not, again, not look inward, Father, but look outward. We can only do this through you, Lord God. We love you and worship you in the name of Christ. Thanks for joining us online. We're going to go ahead and sing a song, hoping that the audio holds up for us. Come on, worship team. We're going to sing about how it's God that never lets us go. <laughs> 